following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Um, okay, we, we, uh, today we want to finish, maybe, the uh, question of, is it permitted to steal a kidney um, to save your life, or save someone else's life? So uh, we're not going to review everything we said in the last two weeks. We ended off with last week, so of course there's two opinions. We came to the conclusion it would be based on the argument, and there's an argument in Baba Kama, Tractate Baba Kama, which um, discusses the question that King David posed to um, the Sanhedrin, whether it's permitted to burn piles of barley in order to save the, the life of his soldiers. And there's two opinions in to in the commentaries into how to understand that Kamara. Is it, um, was the question, can you steal to save a life? That's how Rashi understands it. Tosfus and the Rush understands the question wasn't, can you steal to save a life? But of course it's permitted to steal to save a life. The question only is, do you have to reimburse them after, um, after stolen? So those are the two camps based on that. So it would seem to very clearly indicate this, this argument of whether it's permitted to steal to save a life. Yes. two weeks ago. Yes. Yes, we've been doing this for two or three weeks now. This is the third week. So now, what I want to propose is I found this fascinating Rajba, a response of the Rajba. The Rajba, his name is Reb Shlomo Benaderet, approximately 1100s, um, Spain. So he has around six volumes like this, called Shiles Atruvis of Shlomo Benaderet. That's his name, the Rajba. So he was asked the, the, this question, not about kidneys, but more or less the question of stealing. He proposes something else entirely, which we mentioned at the end of last week, so I want to get a little more into this question, and then we'll hopefully sum everything up um, in all the various applications. So the question posed to the Raja was like this. Um, about that Gemara in Baba Kama, King David, um, the question is, the Gemara at the end seems to imply they sent him that it was, they sent King David, it's prohibited to um, to burn the barley, okay? And the question is, so what exactly does it mean? So anyway, he says like this. Rajba, I'll just read the Hebrew. I don't think it's on your chair. But um, he says like this. Chuva mashikasavti nearly shupashit. It says what is written it seems to me obvious. The karvani lomer and I'm so obvious that I'm, I tend to say shelo yisabekach tzarech lekos v'merop shutiz. So obvious that I really don't have to even address this issue. Says, we have a rule in Judaism, there is a principle is, um, in Jewish medical ethics, nothing stands in the way of Pikuach except those three that are enumerated, the big three. So his, his proof is, he says, I'll bring you a proof to your case. He says, even the famous case, well, first he says, if someone's in the desert and dying of thirst, and he finds a jug of water of his friend. So not the famous case. It's not where the one famous right, case. The last famous case where so he's going in the desert, he says the person is, is dying of thirst, and he finds another person's jug. Goes to, comes into a campsite. There's no one in the campsite, but there's people they went on a hike. The, the their backpacks are there with water. Right? So Yom so Yom Yishta. He says are you tell me the guy should die and not drink the water in the campsite? Of other people, of Philip and Shalom, even if he plans on paying back, he says, He says, How is this person? So, this is fascinating um, uh, wrench that he throws into the opinion that says you can't steal. He says, There's another, the issue is not 
whether you're allowed to steal to save your life. He says, how could you call this person a gazlan, a thief? He's saying if the, if the owners were there, they have to provide him with order. They have a biblical obligation to save his life. The Pasuk in two weeks ago, Parashat, Parashat Kedoshim, says, You have to say, you have an obligation not to stand idly by while someone's life is being, while someone's blood is being shed. So therefore, he says, they have a, they have a mitzvah to save his life. Okay? And if they're not Jewish? Good question. That's a very good question. I'm talking about Jews. This class is only deals with Jews. Um, so he says they have to give it to them for free they can't even charge them it's not like they can say okay we'll sell you the water for 10 bucks a bottle okay they have an obligation to provide the water for him if he's going to die um, he says so much so he says that in Bab Metziah the famous case Ben Petura even says even when they might risk their own life there's only one jug of water Ben Petura's opinion is they still have to share the water. We don't rule like Ben Petura, maybe. But he's saying, you see, Ben Petura takes it even a step further. So the obligation to save someone's life um, is, is, is very clear. Um, that kind of polygamy says the only reason Ben Petura and Rebbe Kiva, Rebbe Kiva argues there is because we have a Pasik in this week's parasha, actually, in Parsha Bahar, um, which says that when you provide, when you provide charity or you're helping someone else, you don't have to do it at the expense of your own life. Okay, you only have to, in this week's passion, the Torah says very clearly, not very clearly, but less clearly, clearly enough. Clear, um, clearly enough for the Talmud, that uh, it says when you're providing charity, it says, you shall, your brother shall live with you. So Rebekiva deduces from that verse, that means if by providing, helping the other person out, you're, you're not going to live with him, so then of course you have no obligation to provide it. Says that's the only reason Rabbi Kiva argues on Ben Petura and says that they don't have to share the water because by sharing the water, there's only one jug of water, you're going you're gonna to endanger your own life. But without that, of course, Rabbi Kiva agrees there's an obligation. If there's two jugs of water, okay, and we can both live, I have a, I have a biblical chiyuv, uh, it's obligatory for me to give the other jug to the other person and, and no charge. Okay? Um, Vim Kane, he said, so if this principle is true, so how could you say I'm stealing? Like, you know, how could you say I'm stealing your water? You have an obligation to give it to me. Right? It's sort of like health care. Right? <laughs> it's it's alright. Why no charge? You said that quickly. Why at no charge are you obligated? Because like any mitzvah, I, don't, I can't charge you from it. You know, if so I have an so obligation to, up, just like a doctor com, can't charge a patient, dying the same of, reason a doctor can't charge so a patient. So why did Asaph have to, Asaph was give, he was dying of thirst, so why does Yaakov have to get something in return for, isn't it a mitzvah for Yaakov to give him? Dying of thirst. He was famished. Yeah, he was thirsty. It's a big difference. We're talking about if someone's dying, literally dying of thirst. I think he was a drama queen. The mitzvah is when someone's literally dying. I mean, does someone just is thirsty and they want to drink? Someone like needs a scotch. It's not an obligation. You don't think Yaakov had a Yaakov had a mitzvah? He said it's chesed, but it's not a it's not obligatory. I mean, if the person's not dying, it's not obligatory. This is a specific mitzvah. The person literally is gonna die. So, so his point is here. So, since since you have an obligation to provide this. Therefore, if I take it from you, even against your will, you can't call that stealing. That's what the Raz was proposing. 
um, if I have, if I'm obligated to give it, so the IRS comes and garnishes your wages because you owe the money. They're not stealing. Maybe according to some in Texas they are, but that's not called stealing. You are obligated to pay that. So then if I come and take the money that you are obligated to give me, in this case the water, that's not, you can't call me a thief, says the rabbi. Um, and therefore he says, so he explains that Gemara in this context, he says when the Gemara says, if you don't pay them back, you're goslin, that's talking about, um, it's not to save himself. King David wasn't in, in, in that context there. So at the end of the Gemara, King, uh, where the Gemara brings the statement that you're a Russia if you take their other people's money, he says the context is, it's going with the story there was that um, question is, can I, my, my animals were hungry or starving, can I give them the barley and then pay them back at a later point? Take it without, you know, without, against their will and pay them back. The end of the uh, the end of the Gemara there. So that's what it means when you're a rush. It's not referring to the story of King David. Of course, you can steal to save a life. That's not even a question. So that's so the Radba is basically throwing a monkey wrench in the whole concept of, of that of that camp of opinion that says that it's prohibited to save a life that we discussed the last uh, last week. Um, because he says, how could you say once you have the obligation of Samuel Adam Recha, the obligation to rescue? So then. Well, if you have something that's going to save my life, then it's a, uh, it's a, uh, I can take it. How could you say the person's a gun and not take it? There's a different question. Do I have to reimburse you? That's a whole different question. Do I need to reimburse you after I take it? That's a separate question. There is an inherent contradiction. He's saying the person who owns that canteen or whatever has this mitzvah, this obligation. There's several possibilities. I mentioned one, they're not Jewish, but two, they say, uh, I'm unaware of that mitzvah. Or three, oh, so I, got this. I don't care. Point. Yeah, but I don't care. That's what he's saying. It's not enough. The IRS comes there. You can't say I don't care. I don't. Pay, I don't believe no, in paying taxes. No, in which case taxes. they view it as stealing, and uh, well, yeah, you could view it as stealing. And I, we don't care what you, what your opinions. We care about what, what's the halachic opinion. What is the Torah view? Am I considered a thief or not? If I'm a thief, I'm not to do. Depends on what court he took it to. He took it to the. So, but by that uh, ruling, uh, somebody could steal medicine from a pharmacy. Save a life, yes. According to what he's saying is, well, we'll get there. So that's a good question. They could steal food from a grocery store. Again, with with as we saw last week, the Shulchan Aruch says only if you're planned to reimburse. Can't if you know you're never going to return the money, and you can't. Okay, you still have to know. Meaning, even in a case, let's say they send an ambulance to you, I'm passing by, I save your life. If I, I do have to spend money to save your life, but you're obligated to then reimburse me afterwards. That's the, the reimbursement issue is a different issue. The question is initially, I need the medicine right now because it's an emergency. Can I steal it and then pay it back at a later point? But he's saying it's for sure you can steal it because they have an obligation to provide it. So then that's not called, you can't call that stealing when someone has an obligation to give you something. And if you're okay? poor and have no chance of paying them back, which is a probably more common you reason that you intend to pay him back, but uh, yeah, I'm saying I think it, it, it would seem, and that's a good. I'm not sure about that, but it would seem like it's dependent on intent. As long as your intent is when you have the funds, you will pay them back. Listen, you never know. You win the lottery, God willing. So you okay. buy a lottery ticket, but that you sell part of they, the medicine. They don't use the word buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, the the words of the pasuk is ayef v'yagea. He was uh, he was wiped. He came home wiped. He's hunting all day. It doesn't say bad again. Just I'm saying the word. I know the words in the verse are ayef again. That's the words in the pasuk. If I know my. I'm looking at the pasuk, but okay. Anyway.
Called the Ravid, he also he asks a similar question: Why can't you steal? And he seems to propose the same concept. He's going to add something else. Two two things. One of his proofs is from fascinating Gemara and Kedushin. Um, right, as we know, one of the ways and the standard way we do today of marrying someone is with money or give them a ring. Okay, the Talmud discusses there are three ways in halacha in how to get married. Three methods of marriage of uh, tying the knot, right, there's kesef, um, which is money, that's what we do today, give the woman a ring, um, she agrees, will you marry me, then there's uh, shtar, which means uh, contra contract, and then the third one is bia consummating, meaning just uh, sexual relations with the intent of marrying the person, that, that's the three options, today we stick to one. We yeah. do all three. Yes, well, not shtar. No, super, we don't, it's not a shtar in the marriage. This is the prenup. It's not really. So just, we, it's not really a, tonight. That's engagement. Yeah, they don't. Whatever, that's not. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just just on all this point that you've got, you're stealing. It's like Shabbat when it's Shabbat suspended or it doesn't exist. The same thing when right. you're not stealing or you're stealing, but it's okay. We no, talked so we about say that. Missed. 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 Sorry, we can't say that. Okay. But if the pharmacist is a woman, you could steal the medicine and then rape her. <laughs> no, 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 no. You paid her back. You paid her back with sexual relations. So now the Gemara Kedushin says uh, an unbelievable, very fascinating Gemara discusses different contexts where you're marrying a woman and what the halach is. So one of the contexts here discusses, um, meaning the, the idea is you have to give us something of value to to uh, to make the acquisition marriage is a, a contractual relationship, right? Um, so you have to do the way it works. Is you need kesef actually, how we learned it's a long story, but the point is so you have to give her something of value. So Gemara discusses different contexts. So technically, by the way, this is good to know. You can give her a potato, and you don't have to give her a ring. Hey, of course, the custom is a ring, but you can give a potato. You're not going to get a wife with um, a potato. Kind <laughs> of, uh, which wife? You won't want okay. the wife you can get with a As long as it's <laughs> Shava Pruta, as long as it's worth a Pruta, which is a little, uh, probably around 10 cents today, that's sufficient um, to, that's enough value that's that she can accept it. Sometime missed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> not really. Okay, so the Gemara right. discusses like this. What happens... Um, he says to her, meaning the question is also sometimes she rejects it, but what's considered a rejection? So the case, one case the Gemara discusses, he says, um, marry me with this loaf of bread. Okay? And he, she says, give it to the dog. Okay? So is that a rejection? Or, yes. or it's her dog? She's getting value. No, so no, therefore, that's, she, that's is that an agreement? So the Gemara says, agrees with Ron, that's totally. not a valid condition. Okay, that's not considered a condition. It's just not a contract. 
if you just but yeah, one yeah. second, no, that's if it's any dog, meaning if it's a stray, sorry, stop too early. It says she says, give it to the dog, and it's It's not a valid condition, that's a rejection. But if it was her dog, <laughs> what? it is a valid condition. Oh, come okay? on. Then it is a valid condition. She's gaining from it. Yeah, then there's value. She received value and she didn't re- she didn't say no. So that's considered he said, I read Mukadesh's You're consecrated to me with this love for bread. She said, okay, give it to the dog. She's and letting him know what kind of marriage If the have. dog is a stray, no good. If the dog is a... Uh, actually, I'm, I'm recalling, I once, once went to a wedding in Israel. Uh, Shlomo Kavach, what do you know Shlomo Kavach? Mm-hmm. So he, actually, at the wedding, he was the officiator of Hanisky Books. Wow. And uh, I remember, it was like in the middle of a forest, and there were two oh. dogs on the side. Each one, the groom and the bride, had dogs on the side of them, petting them all in the picture. So, so, that, so he's saying it is a valid condition if it's or a dog. The next question is what's more relevant. This is what's relevant to us. Gemara says like this. Rav Mari. Rav Mari posed this question. Kelev Ratzachra. There's a dog chasing the woman. Okay. Assuming it's not her dog. So Mao. Uh, and, and then he says, will you marry me? With her love of bread. And she says, give it to the dog. So he gives to the dog. Now he saved her life. Meaning the dog stops, you know, gets excited about the bread. So Mao. Do you say, says, says, the question is like this, no. the, with this value that he saved her life, no. she agrees to marry him with, because he rescued like every you know, damsel in distress, saved her life. So that mm-hmm. fact that he did this act of saving her life, is that enough benefit that she agreed to marriage. No. Odilma Matsyamrale, or she could say to him, I never agreed. You're obligated to save my life. Nothing to do. I'm not getting any benefit. You have a mitzvah to save my life. This was a rabbit dog chasing me. So your you have a mitzvah um, to save me. So therefore there was not I didn't receive any benefit. You, I mean I might have received of course benefit, but you didn't give me anything. You have to do that whether I marry you or not, because you have an obligation to save my life. Mara says, what's the answer? Teku. We don't know the answer. Oh, Mara. come on. Mara says, That's uh, so clear. Teku means uh, Tishbi, a terrorist, Kush of the base. Uh, we don't know the answer. Not, no. Only Elijah can come it's and tell us. It's clear. Not only does he have a mitzvah to save her life, but you're not supposed to agree to a marriage in distress. That's like, right. It needs to be done Everyone in a... Everyone agrees to marriage Oh, in my distress. God. That's... You know, this is highly applicable to human subject research. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think about I was it. You, good need, you need informed that. voluntary consent. So, for example, doing research on prisoners, can they ever give voluntary consent? She's sort of like trapped, like she's mm-hmm. a prisoner, and somebody offers her something, right. and she's compromised because she's in a very bad position. Same thing with human subject research. If a person doesn't can't really give informed voluntary consent, her consent in that circumstance cannot be voluntary. That, that's really a great. It's not a valid. Okay. It's not a valid contract. Right, because mm-hmm. of that. But that's yeah, very powerful. I never heard that. I mean, that yeah. applies instantly. You can't human subject research. When you're under duress. Right. I'm sorry. The rabbis went the out there. What's that? Talmud says we don't know. No, the, the, the question here is, is a very simple yeah, question. Well, she said, "You're right." It, it, I mean, listen. So what? Meaning, first of all, I'm not sure what the halacha is in general. You let's say sell something to me under duress. Is that invalidate the sale? I'm not sure. You know, it's a good question. I don't, I don't well, remember. Well, it's surprising Gemara doesn't come down on one side or the other. So and no, it could be in that, but that's not the issue here. The issue here is when she said, "Give it to the dog." Was she saying, "I just want you to save my life"? Yes. Or was she right. <laughs> agreeing? If you, if no, it's meaning I'm telling you, if you give it to the dog, right. I'll marry you. Right. I'm I agreeing to marriage. That's it. the question. Yeah.
you know, it's meaning if you do this act for me of saving, listen, it's every movie, it's the damsel in distress, they always get married after he saves her life. Not, well, but isn't it, so the same, isn't but it this It doesn't mean it's right just because it happens. Yeah, but I'm saying it's, it's a valid marriage, meaning she falls in love and he saved her life. Maybe it's the same. So that's the question here. Was she saying, listen, you're such an amazing guy. If you can get this dog away from me, I'll, I'll marry. Right? So I mean, that's the question. Well, that's, that's and the Gemara says, so it's not a question of the rest. It's a question of of what is when what did she mean by her statement give it to the dog was it's she agreeing to marriage she was, in, was she just saying she could have been help injured me, harmed killed i mean who right. knows what could happen that's that. also a question of his intent oh his what intent is, is clear he's trying to, to marry her. No, he's or to no, save no. her and marry guys intents are very simple it was <laughs> <what the> guy <laughs> was. he only wants one thing the question is but what the woman is saying yeah. Yeah, we, the question is always what marriage. the woman is saying. Know? What the guy, the Gemara doesn't discuss what the guy wants. It's already obvious. <laughs> huh. Okay, so so the point is, so the Ravid, um, I got wow. the context here, but the Ravid, so the Ravid wants to say from this, prove from this, I think it's the Ravid, just making sure, that you, know, you see again, what's what's the, on the, what's the Gemara saying? That, we just discussed that, the truth is it's not clear. Proof is not clear, but you could understand the Gemara saying the fact that he's obligated, so therefore she's not benefiting because, look, listen, at the end of the day she's benefiting, so what's the difference? Kedushin means right, she has to receive something in order to, before she agrees to marry. She has to receive something of value. Right, that's what kesef means. The marriage occurs by giving her a ring, giving her a potato. In this case, uh, saving her life. That's the benefit she's receiving, but you see from here, the rabbi wants to say from this, the, the, the Talmud saying that if he's obligated to save her life, then it's her money anyway, meaning she didn't receive any benefit. Mm -hmm. That means the bread that, she, that he gave to the dog, she, it was really belonged to her to begin with. It wasn't his. So therefore, that's why she's not receiving any monetary benefit. She has to receive some monetary value. The point is, if he has an obligation to save her, he's deducing from this Gemara, she did not receive any monetary value because technically it belonged to her. That's what he, that's the Raven wants to propose from this Gemara. Meaning, meaning, again, this point is that since I have an obligation to save you in, in another situation, I can go ahead and take that if I need, you know, as meaning if you were walking with a loaf of bread, and forget the marriage case, she had a right to take the bread out of his pocket and throw it to the dog. Steal it from him, quote unquote, and throw it to the dog. So therefore she gained no monetary benefit since he's obligated to save her life anyway. That's how the rabbi wants to see from this Except Gemara. for one thing, that the Gemara never gives the answer, so your assumption that this is what it no. means... Well, the Gemara doesn't give the answer in the sense, what did she want? We don't know what was going through her mind. That's They're the question of the Gemara. So the, this That's what we're not sure about. Not, not we don't know her, the, the woman's psychology here. What, is, what was going through her mind? What did she want? Did she want to marry the guy or not? That's the question of the Gemara. But as far as on, on this... What you do see is on the on this side of the coin, which is that um, the Gemara said he's obligated to save her life anyway. What's the Gemara saying? He there's no there's no uh, monetary value to this act of saving. You can't put a price on it because he's obligated to do it. From the, biblically speaking, from the Torah, Midoraisa. Well, based upon our reaction to this, it's a little surprising the rabbis didn't come down one way or the other. Yeah, based on the reaction, I would always go <laughs> the other way. <laughs> Same but way. still, but they, but they didn't come down at one side or the other. It's, yeah. little, it's, yeah. it's striking. Um, right. So the question remains unresolved. So, so it is a valid point. I'm saying, see how the article explains Different it. time, huh? Different time. A woman was an object then. 
Well, but the rabbis aren't dealing mm-hmm. with her as Interestingly if she's an enough, they, he points out, our school points out on the bottom from quoting Tosfos here, and two other opinions, that if indeed, let's say, she, we, know, we figure out somehow that she meant just save my life, I'm not interested in marrying you, I, um, so then she would have to reimburse him for the loaf of bread, just like we're saying in all cases of, mm-hmm. of rescue. No, she would have an obligation to pay him back for the bread. If she's marrying him, then she, of course she doesn't have to pay him back for the bread. He's going to be paying a lot more. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Oh, yes, he can. Why, or she why doesn't be. she have to pay uh, him back for the bread? Is she no, no, meaning if it was just the rescue, wasn't she's not accepting. Let's say we ascertain yeah. she wasn't accepting his marriage proposal. So then it was just an act of rescue. Anyone, this is what we're saying anywhere else. If you rescue me and you expend money on your rescue, you're obligated to rescue me. But I still have to pay back. Why? Apparently, something I said. Why do you have to pay? Why do you have to pay? Um, uh, no, I'm saying again, the obligation to rescue doesn't mean you have to lose money to save my life, necessarily. But let's say a loaf Maybe. of bread is, it means, it means I have to, you, you, is $5. If, you, if the person can expend, you know, do you obligate to expend the money to save my life? But if I can reimburse you, I have to reimburse you. I believe that's the law. Really? Right, so the view at some but point. There's no obligation on the person who is rescued to pay back. No, there is. There is? Yeah. Why? Because, well, if you send an ambulance to my house, I have to pay. You can't. You know, that's really the question, meaning I, the, the, that's what we're discussing all along, that question of even of King David. Even if I steal it, I, even if in the case where it's allowed, we allow you to steal yeah. to save your life, of course you still have to pay back. Right, according to that opinion. It doesn't matter. If she says, yes, I'll marry you. The well, she didn't say yes or no. That's the question. She said, give it to the dog. Yeah. So she said, give it to the dog. That's all she said. And I'll marry you. Let's no, then, of course. She said that. Then she's married. Then, uh, then it wouldn't be a question. But she still has to pay him back for saving her life. No, no, because no, then she she was accepting. Then, at that point, it happens to be his rescue her also, damsel in distress. But it was a marriage proposal, and she accepted it. So she got something of value by that. Right. It's, a good, it's a good question, actually, here's point. He's yes. saying, according to the rival that says, this Kiko really belongs to her, so he gave her nothing. Even if she's agreeing to marry, it's a very valid point. Yeah, right, so say. there's no Kinyan. So, right, exactly. So there was nothing. She didn't receive anything at the end of the day. Right. You Not have even to potato. get something. So he it's says, okay, I'll throw in a potato. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, no it's, that's why you have two loaves of bread. The first <laughs> loaf is to save the dog, and the second is for her. And we remember that every Shabbat. We you have two, that, uh, the dog, the two the dog loaves of uh-huh. bread. Okay, so this is the Gemara condition. Beautiful Gemara to know, very practical. So we're gonna actually by the way, we you, you applied you we're gonna get to human subject research. Oh, it's relevant to, to the question today. Okay, I'm done with this. I think I'm done with this. Um so Yeah, so just actually just to address this point about paying back, look at number four on the sheet here, the rush. This is going on um, on, the qu- on, the, on the verse in the Gemara of Lo Saman al So the Kesev Mishnah is a commentary on the Rambam. The Rambam rules in, in paragraph two. Anyone who can save someone and doesn't save him. Second paragraph on the sheet. Front side. Uh, number three. As a number? Oh, yes. Number three. Good idea. Meaning, yeah, number yeah. three. Number yeah. three on the sheet. Anyone who can save someone. Anyone who can save someone. This is the Rambam speaking. Over Alotamar Adamrech, he violates the negative prohibition. Alotamar Adamrech, Chena Rot Chaveiro Toveya Biyam, someone who sees his friend drowning in the sea. 
listing by Malav, or he's getting mugged, foundering southwest. Al by love, or he has a wild animal um, uh, coming up, you know, jumping on him. The Yachil, in this case, the dog with the woman, Yachal Lahatzilo, who batsmo, he can save himself. Oh, she Achirim Lahatzilo, or he can rent someone else, rent the rescue, send an ambulance, call 911, below Hitzil, and he doesn't save him over Alosam Adachar. He violates this negative commandment. Says the Kesef Mishnah, there's a commentary on the Rambam, actually written by, happens to be by Rabbi Yosef Cairo, who is the author of the Shachonach. He also has a commentary on the Rambam known as the Kesef Mishnah. So he says, because of a rush, the rush says, Another commentary on the Talmud. The, the rescued has to pay the rescuer any money that he expended on this rescue. Person is not obligated to save you with his money. I have an obligation to save you. I can jump in you drowning, jump in and save you. That's the Torah says the obligation. I can uh, call 911. I can scream. In the middle, you know, the scare the guy away from your car, and he's breaking into your car. But is, the Torah doesn't say I have to pay money for it. Um, when the rescued has their own money, obviously, if they're destitute, so that might be as another issue, as we'll see. Because of a ghost, my is okay, that's a different question. Actually, also relevant, we'll see in a second. According to Shalmi, says that you even have to maybe endanger your life. Um, Suffolk can danger your life. If there's a doubt, you still might have to do that. Near Shemitam Ne Shalavadihu Suffolk explains the reasoning for that. Okay, so the, the point is so the rush says very explicitly that you have to reimburse the rescuer if you have the money. Okay, now if you don't have the money, that's what we'll get to in a second. So so getting back to to back here, so again, we're, we're, what we're saying is based on this question. You see, yeah. you don't have to spend money to save someone's life? If they have the means to, re- meaning if someone has an insurance, you know, uh, someone has insurance policy, or someone has, uh, they can pay their own surgery. So you have no obligation to give them free surgery. Yeah. Uh, uh, Even though if they're, let's say they're saying, I'm, I'm not going to do it unless I get it free. But that's then you their get problem. The poor person, your doctor. Yes, that's a different question. We'll get to this answer. But if they have money, they can reimburse. It costs you yes. money. They have to pay you back. Right, meaning you have to expend the money initially to save someone's life. Okay. Yeah. So let's say you know your car is gonna. You're obligated to spend the money. That's what I want to be. Yeah, you're obligated yeah. to spend the money, but they they have to reimburse you, assuming they have the fund. The rescued. I told you many years ago that conference they used to have in San Francisco. Fred Rosner came up in the context of an HMO. Patient has a bad headache, needs an MRI. The HMO won't pay for it. You're the one who thinks you need to have it. You as a doctor, the patient doesn't have any money. He said the doctor's obligated to pay for it. Yeah, so again, if there's no money, if the person has no money, so that becomes like stock like any other chesed. You know, we'll, go, we'll get there in a second. But as okay. far as the, the, the reverse of Lotamar Adam Riecha, you have an obligation to rescue, the obligation really just requires you and obligates you to expend yourself. Not your money, technically speaking. But isn't your money yourself? Uh, yeah, but I'm saying again, if the person has money, we, the Torah's not telling you you have to give him free surgery. The Torah's not telling you, the Torah tells you you have to rescue him, which means you don't stand idly by. Now, if I'm going to have to lose all my money, I so we'll get to that in a second. So now, what if the person doesn't have money? So this is getting there. So the, if the person doesn't have... so it's the ransom situation, too. you got to expend yeah, money. So, that's a, so now, that's a, it's, a very, it's a good point. So meaning if the person doesn't have money, this is we're going to get back to the kidney. We have to get back to the kidney soon. Um, okay, the person doesn't have a kidney, um, and, the, and then so so the 
there is a question now because as we know normally we say for mitzvah you only obligate for any mitzvah to spend up to a fifth of your net worth okay for any mitzvah but that's a positive commandment for a negative commandment normally the principle is you got to give everything away meaning if someone well, murder is a bad example but I'll be a neg- negative commandment. Let's say not to violate Shabbat. A person can't say, listen, I need money, so I have to violate Shabbat. That doesn't work. Since it's a neg- there's a negative commandment, don't work on Shabbat, so it, I have to ex- lose everything I own. So that's the problem. Right. Do not stand out by. Technically, it's a negative commandment. And so says the Chavetz <coughs> Chaim, explicitly, if I'm, um, says like this. Chavetz Chaim says, and he has a book called Avat Chesed, uh, where he discusses the laws of charity and staka, so he's, he brings this principle of not spending more than not giving staka, you're not obligated to help someone else with more than a fifth of your net worth. As a matter of fact, it's prohibited. So he says like this, he says Yeshomim, there are those that say the this that we say a principle in, in charitable laws, you're not supposed to expend more than a fifth of your net worth. Okay, that's a different law. So that's only if... Okay, we'll skip that for now. Let me get to where I wanted. He says another thing. So he says... Um, b- um, he says, this is only relevant. This law, this principle of don't spend more than a, a fifth of your net worth is only when it's not relevant to saving someone's life, pikuach nefesh, a life-saving matter. But if you can literally save someone's life, you go and shashava, like you said, the captured person, ransom, omid lamus, they're going to kill him, you have four hours to live, unless he provide, you know, the $100,000 ransom. Oh, harav, or the person's literally starving. And he can come literally to, to sakana, to danger to his life, through his starvation. He says, this sheer of a fifth of your net worth is not applicable. This Gemara in Bab Matziah that says don't spend more than a fifth of your net worth. That's in the laws of charity where your life, this week's parsha, the principle of your life takes precedence. Um, when you're giving charity, you shouldn't give it where you, it will affect your life to the point of danger. So you're, the concern is if you're going to give away more than a fifth of your net worth, you're not, you yourself might have problems down the road. Therefore, based on the, on the verse in this week's parasha, the, the law of charity is don't give a f- more than a fifth of your net worth. Avod, um, How often? It's a good question. He says, but if you, um, he says, so he says, um, he says also, by the way, being rich, meaning if you can't make your payments on your Jaguar, that doesn't mean, uh, um, that doesn't come ahead when the Torah says you have to live with him doesn't mean you're not going to make your payments on your Jaguar then, then you shouldn't give him um, uh, you know it shouldn't affect your life that's not considered affecting your life it means literally your 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 needs not your luxuries for some Jaguar is a need of course so 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 but the point is the, the Chavetz Chaim is saying very clearly that the concept of Al of not expending more than a fifth of your net worth is not applicable to Pikuach Nefesh that's what he would seem to imply. Now, it's not so simple. Others do disagree. So there is an interesting point. And some say it has nothing to do with positive commandment, negative commandment. The difference is, is it actionable or not actionable? Meaning, any mitzvah... Let's make sure I'm getting this correct. Um, 
one second. I just want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. So he brings here that there's others. Um, two parts of this. One second, one second. find what I'm looking for. Um, so there's two parts. Some make a distinction, I can't find it now, which is, distinction is whether it's a, not whether it's positive or negative, but whether it's an actionable, what's the difference between a positive commandment and a negative commandment? Positive is, I'm going ahead and I have to do an action. Okay, so, the Torah says, this is what the principle is, when you have to do an action, so that you don't have to spend more than a fifth of your net worth to do that action, even though the Torah obligates you to do that action. So let's say, to buy tefillin. If buying tefillin, well, if, if, if putting on tefillin every day costs me more than a fifth of my net worth, because I can't afford the tefillin, meaning it's the, buying the tefillin will be more than a fifth of my net worth, I don't have to buy tefillin. Okay, that's a positive action. I have to do a positive action. But a negative action, which means the Torah is telling you, don't do X. So don't do X, that's that's there's no action associated with that. That I, that you have to spend everything you you want. But let's say I have a negative, the Torah, a negative prohibition that the, that requires an action, not to violate, such as rescue. Here the Torah says, don't stand idly by. It's a, it's a passive. Torah is obligating you in a passive deed. Don't stand idly by when someone's drowning. Okay. But in order for me to fulfill this commandment, I have to do a positive. I have to go ahead and do an action. Okay, so it's a funny negative, meaning that the prohibition is a negative. Do not stand idly by it. But in order to fulfill the prohibition, not to violate the prohibition, I have to do an action. So there are many authorities who say that's also, in that case, you don't have to spend. The difference is not positive or negative in when you have to spend your life savings or not. The difference is whether after, if there's an action associated with that mitzvah, you don't have to spend more than a fifth of your net worth. So therefore they say, even in the case of rescue, even though it's a negative commandment, you don't have to spend more than a fifth of your net worth to rescue someone's life. Give an example, because the is not actionable. Um, any negative, do not kill. Right? So the Torah is saying, just sit in your ass, don't take a knife and kill someone. Okay, do not steal. Those are all negatives. Right? Low no, don't steal. The Torah, those are all negatives where there's no... By, I, to fulfill the mitzvah, I just sit at home and, and watch TV. And I'm fulfilling the mitzvah. Okay? As opposed to here, rescue, the obligation to rescue, in order to fulfill, to, to fulfill his obligation, I gotta go and jump in my car or jump in the bayou and to save the guy. Or do surgery as a, as a physician or steal a kidney. Okay? So those are all quick actions. So in that case, you're not obligated to spend more than a fifth, according to some. There's another thing, which is, and this gets back to your question on the HMO, which is that, and this is a very important thing as doctors to know this, which is that if the we and we we discussed this here in the past that if there are other doctors around, so the obligation is not just on me. If I live in a one-horse town and one doctor town, so then I, there's only one guy to do surgery. I'm it. I got no choice. I have to do the surgery, even if the guy can't afford it. That's where Rosner's case applies. But if there's, I live in Houston and there's 350 uh, ENTs in town, how many are there? A lot. Okay, <laughs> too many. So then, not so then. So then, I, then the obligation doesn't fall on me to do the surgery because there are many others who can do it. It's not a person. There's an obligation. It's a societal obligation. We have to maybe take care. Someone has to take care of this person. So we have to make, you know, maybe the rabbi has to raise funds in the community to to do the surgery. But it's, if there's other doctors that can do it, so it's not my personal obligation. Understand? So that's where it's, it's very important to understand that. 
the, the obligation only comes if I'm driving by the bayou, there's no one else who knows how to swim here besides me. So then I have to jump in to save him. But if there are ten other people, so now we all have the obligation now, we have to flip drive. a coin, who gets to do it? We None of us has to do it, but it's not my personal obligation. Well, that sounds a sticky wicket in medicine, for example, a case with the MRIs. I'm not the radiologist. I'm not actually going to have to do it. I'm going to order it, but the radiologist is the one who has to do it. I mean, I can't tell you how often it comes up. You try to talk a radiologist doing something for free, or a surgeon, you try to talk and do something for free because a patient can't afford it. Are you obligated to do that? Yeah, but again, so it then becomes, it's a societal obligation as opposed to individual. So is that radiologist, that surgeon obligated to do it because I say they need it? Yeah, but I'm saying he's not the only radiologist in town. Right, so some radiologists. Right, so, okay. so the point is, meaning, let's say, relevant to our question of stealing. I'm not sure that's actually true. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering how that works in practice. No. This is a real issue, comes up often. No, that's why we have free hospitals. It's called Ben Tab. They get all the service they want for free. You, there, I should not be obligated because you chose to obligate me. Right. That's why I'm I asking. I don't take on that obligation because the society has already satisfied the obligation yes, by creating the sure. top. Right. If there's an so option, then it's not your problem. Then, then therefore, you're under no You can't. You well, can't it's a little complicated if you're in the HMO where you say you've paid for it. Now it's a dispute over whether you need it or not. I'm the one saying you do. I mean, it gets a little sticky. Yeah, but again, so I, you know, I. It's not my personal obligation. If there are other options. Now it becomes a societal question, not an individual question. So no, it's meaning as far as stealing, we're saying basically according to the Rajba, the Rajba is proposing that if if you have to do this for me, if you're obligated to do this mm -hmm. to me, so then I can steal the funds mm -hmm. from you. Okay, then I can steal it from yeah. you because you have to give it to me anyway for free. Somehow right. So so what we're saying is, but that's only if you're the only doctor in town, or if you're the only kidney in town. Um, th th right. This goes against what we've previously learned as well. Like you're supposed to pay the doctor, even if the doctor has an obligation to heal, you're still obligated no, you're to pay to for his services. Yes, so he's allowed. No, because he's he's allowed to charge you for his. Uh, I understand, but patients should not be expected to get them free services just because it's a mitzvah for the doctor to perform the mitzvah for the patient. Therefore, it should not be free. No, but again, it's never free. No, it's only free if no, he doesn't have the funds. No, we're talking about the same idea here. No, but again, if, it's a if, if he has the funds, no, he has to pay. I understand, but well, let's say he doesn't. Right, he doesn't. So then it's a mitzvah for the doctor to perform it for the patient for if free. If he's the only doctor in town, then he's obligated. Either way, it's a mitzvah. The question is, is, he, is it obligatory on this doctor? We're saying it's only obligatory if he's the only, there's no other options. Like you're saying, there's Ben Tabor, or there's other doctors who might do it. Don't be in a town with one doctor. <laughs> so if... If ten people are standing around watching somebody drown, and each one says, well, I know I should, but so should he, and they're waiting for the rabbi to come and decide how to deal with <laughs> the it. Kitty Genovese case. Yeah, and the right. lady right. drowned, or the man drowns before the rabbi comes, so who's... Oh, so of course, listen, wrong. Oh, you're always supposed to judge. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. Well, um, that's your default yeah, position. The rabbi drowned, that would be a problem. Hit him with one of your books. Right, so that he's bringing for you from Shlomo Zalman Orbach says that, and, and I saw the response, but I forgot to bring it. He says like this, he says, um, he says, um, so he, he's saying that, he suggests that when a person is the only one capable of rescuing somebody, then he must spend everything he has to save the endangered individual. For example, if kidnappers threaten to kill their hostage, if a certain person doesn't, if this person does not immediately hand over all his savings, he must comply despite the financial rule he, he will endure. In most cases, however, such as when an ill patient cannot afford a desperately needed procedure, 
No single individual can be viewed as a sole prospective savior. Under such circumstances, Rishon Zalman asserts, the obligation falls upon the Jewish community collectively, and each person must contribute in accordance with his financial situation and ability to assist. So the rabbi has to get up and show and say, listen, there's a member of our community who needs surgery, they can't afford it, they don't have health insurance, so we're going to raise the funds for them. And everyone gives whatever they can. But there's no specific individual or doctor who says, I, it's obligatory on me. Okay? So that's what he's saying. So accordingly, the same would be applicable to stealing. If, if I could only steal the funds from someone who's obligated to give me those funds. Okay? So if this person has is no sole obligation for this person to do that surgery or to pay for my medical needs, then I can't steal the funds from to do it even though I need a surgery. Okay? So you understand? Yeah. So okay, so now let's the we gotta we gotta finish today. I promise I'm gonna finish. Would the today. community have an obligation to repay the person who spend money to save his life? Somebody needs something there. Yeah, you you give them something to save their life. You spend some money to save their life. They have no money to pay you back. Is the community obligated to pay you back? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. To pay the doctor know? back? Yeah, or whoever saves somebody's life. Oh no, uh, not necessarily. Well, again, that might be considered another option. The ob- the doctor is not obligated to do it. Until the community comes up, he could say, "I'm not coming." And until the community comes up with the funds, I'm not doing the surgery. Because if it's a no, community right. that could afford it, no, and it's not the doctor's problem in the again. The Kuwait situation: you save somebody's life, oh, okay. and uh, they steal something from you, or you give something to them, medicine or something that costs a lot of money, and you save their life. They don't have any money. Is the community obligated to pay you back whatever you gave them? Interesting question. I don't know the answer yet. Might have to do that in a different class. That's a different issue. Because actually, I saw that about a kidney. Meaning. How much do I have to give up? That's a different question. In the amounts, meaning, the case, a fascinating real case that he has here in the book, was a guy was wanted and he left because of some kind of fraud, money fraud. He left the country. He can't come back into Israel. Okay, now he's a match for a kidney of someone in Israel. Now if he comes back into the country, you know, someone owes him. He, he owes someone millions of dollars, whatever. Let's say hundreds of thousands of dollars. Listen to this case, Natalie. I'm it's a great case. case. Great no, case. I, I'm leaving soon. So, so okay, so I want you to hear the case. Oh. I want you to hear the case. So the case is like this. That the uh, guy owes someone, uh, you know, $200,000. He left Israel. It's a real case that happened. To avoid the debt. To avoid the debt. And th- this guy's chasing him. And is there after him. The courts are after him. And now his brother needs a kidney in Israel. Okay, his brother needs a kidney. If he, So he's, he told the authorities, listen, I'm ready to come back, but you can't touch me. I'm ready to come back. Don't eat the kidney. But, but they have to... Wipe out, they have to agree not to right. arrest me, not to get take the money from me. So, is the person obligated to forgive his loan to save that person's life? <laughs> that was meaning instead. That's what you're asking. How much money do I have to give up to save the person's life? That's the question. Do I have to forgive this guy needs a well, kidney, and he only can only get the kidney if this guy won't pay back if the, if they agree not to not to bother about the loan? At that moment, yeah. So, so I'm saying, do I have to forgive? Listen, he's here. He's you in the country now. Can I can I go and grab him? Can, can the police go and arrest him? Totally. So you say, the answer is you don't arrest his kidney. You arrest him. No, but I'm saying he's only agreed to come in if it's in writing from the law enforcement officials that they won't arrest him. No, so wait, but they couldn't take the kidney out in Cyprus. Not for today. <laughs> Forget. So there's an answer. Yeah, there's a long answer. Yeah. Turkey, Cyprus. Yeah. It's fascinating what the questions rabbis get. Okay, so so here, so one. Did everyone get one of these? English. It's in English now. Thank you.
This one, Howie. Good stuff. So that's just because we got to conclude and people have to leave. Is this the answer? Yeah, these are the answers. Conclusions. Take this with me. <laughs> okay, that's why I put it in English so you can take it with. So, um, conclusion. So, so first of all, which we didn't, did, of course, there's another issue, very important, before we start the conclusion. So, that, of course, as far as, I mean, this is all monetary. It's stealing. The question becomes, if you're taking someone's kidney, there's a much greater issue, which is you're harming the person, putting the person in danger. To if Again, we discussed two cases. One is breaking into the lab at Baylor and stealing a kidney. So that would be a monetary, just a pure, technically a monetary issue, the, the, we think, maybe, as we'll see soon, that. The other one would be, literally, like we're saying, in India, there you hire someone to cut someone, you know, take a patient out of the hospital. You're paying the surgeon in, in, the, in the hospital in India to when they're doing the appendix operation to take the guy's kidney out. There's a movie about this uh, called yeah, yeah, Dirty yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. Things. Yes. yes, we discussed it. Okay. So, the, so the question is, so th that's a whole different story. That's not just money. That's not just stealing. You're putting the guy's life in danger. We said, as we didn't mention last week, surgery in itself is dangerous. So that's so in the context of that. So let's read the conclusions here. So let us now turn our attention. So this is, this by the way, is taken, this is not mine. I stole this from this book. Great book, if you want to get it. It's called Headlines 2. Halachic Debates of Current Events. Okay, just came out uh, a few weeks ago. So he says like this. He says, number one, a patient facing immediate danger who urgently requires food or medication may steal what he needs. So this is the famous Heinz Dilemma case, provided that he's not thereby endanger somebody else. For example, an asthma patient suffering an attack and has no money with him would be permitted if he has an alternative to steal an inhaler for a nearby store. So you can go into Walgreens, into Walgreens, right, or Walmart, and you can uh, put the inhaler in your pocket and and sneak it out, okay, as the store's owner is in a unique position to rescue the patient's life and therefore bears the obligation to do so. So he's going with the Rajba, that if you have an obligation to save my life, then I can steal from you to, um, once you have that obligation. You hear this? You can steal an inhaler. You got that? You can steal an inhaler. Um, Okay, if he has no alternative to steal an inhaler from the nearby store, as the store's owner is in a unique position to rescue the patient's life and therefore bears the obligation to do so. The patient would not be allowed to steal another patient's inhaler, but let's say I can't go and my colleague at work and steal his inhaler out of his pocket, um, unless he can immediately return it, as this would pose a risk to that other patient. So once it becomes more than a monetary issue, I'm putting that person's life at risk because he's not going to have an inhaler now that I can't steal from. It's only I can take it from Walgreens with the 50 inhalers, inhalers in the store, and that's not going to affect anyone else's life. It's only a monetary issue of stealing. Okay? Um, but the guy next door to me at work, he might need his inhaler at any moment. So, of course, if I steal his inhaler, I might be endangering his life. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next. A patient in need of a large sum of money for a life-saving medical procedure may not steal money to pay for the procedure, since no individual person bears the obligation to single-handedly rescue the patient. Again, I can only steal from someone who has an obligation to rescue. Um, the patient is not entitled to take money from any given person. So there's no specific person who has that obligation to rescue me, and therefore I can't steal money to have my operation. Can I steal from the VOG? Oh, from the community? Yeah. That's my uh, interesting question. Yeah, I, it, yeah, I mean, from a communal fund. Because it seems weird that an individual is obligated and you can steal from, but the community is obligated and you can't steal from. Right, so I mean, let's say the rabbi comes to the rabbi, the rabbi, the money's in the fund, but the rabbi says, listen, you know, I can't give you all the money, I'm only, I'll give you only 200 bucks towards your surgery, which rabbis do tend to do. So he's saying technically you can steal the whole fund. That that's, might be a good point. Next. Sounds like you can. One may not inflict physical harm to rescue his own life, as the generally accepted view is that one is not required 
to endure bodily harm to save another person. So again, like we're saying, the, the heter is, the permission is just to steal funds. If I'm going to harm someone else, that's a whole different question. That, we never find that question, the, the allowance to harm someone to save your own life. As such, it should be forbidden to secretly remove an organ from someone's body, no matter how urgently a patient requires a transplant. And even if it can be ascertained that the other person's life will not be endangered by the loss of that organ. So if somehow, which last week all the surgeons here, Eddie was here, they all said it's not true. Every surgery is dangerous. So automatically, surgery means you can endanger the person's life, especially kidney, kidney surgery, which can be infection, etc. So there's no question you couldn't do that. So I couldn't get a guy in India to kidnap someone and, and take out a kidney for me, he's saying, because that's not just a question, a monetary question. Okay. Stealing organs from an organ bank, so now the question is, what about breaking into Baylor in the basement in the lab? So stealing organs from an organ bank is forbidden because one thereby endangers the life of other patients in need of transport. So if, again, it's interesting, Baylor, which is a research hospital, let's say they have kidneys that they're doing research on. So then uh, I would be allowed to steal it because then I'm not endangering someone's life by taking that kidney. But if this kidney is in the freezer waiting for a donor and it's going down the list, so now by stealing the kidney, I'm bumping myself up to the top of the list. So now I'm endangering someone else's life by t stealing the kidney. So again, that you can't do. You can't steal where the stealing also incurs endangering someone's life. But if it's just in a research lab, technically I can steal the kidney. In the, um, uh, when there's a limited supply of blood for transfusions, it would likewise be forbidden to steal blood from a blood bank. Okay, so he also says that. We're going to skip the next one because... Which the we have conflict about that with Reichman, but okay. No. Reichman says, I can take the guy and take blood out of him. You can That's steal blood from a guy. Right. But you They're can't steal from, stealing a, blood from a blood bank because now I'm endangering someone else's life. Someone, another patient might need that blood. It's very interesting. So again, if you go to the Kupag and idea of society as the obligation to supply blood, you think you would be able to steal blood from a blood bank as opposed no, to the individual. No, because again, in that case, it might be endangering. If someone, another patient needs the blood, but so I have no right for that blood more. There. Oh, so that's the question. So I don't know how blood banks work, but that's that's a very important question. So there's a whole response, in, which we're not going to attention. I don't know. It's like stealing from right, the bottom. There's a shortage, meaning if the, That's exactly. what I'm saying, yeah. mm -hmm. He's right. Meaning this isn't a case where there's not enough blood to go around. So if I take it from the blood bank, there's not going to be enough. Will, Someone will else will suffer. Maybe. That. Maybe. So no, in either case, let's fragment saying if for sure. Now that maybe is a different story. Shortage of flu shots, other vaccines. Um, so I'm going to skip the next one because that's the blood case, which I found the whole response of this question. A fascinating actual case was posed to the rabbi in Israel, which is can can Alan. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, can I, if, if I'm doing surgery on a patient anyway, and I ask this patient, there's a patient in the next room that needs blood transfusion, and I'm going to surgery, and I ask this patient, can I take blood? And he says, no. For this next patient, they're the same blood type, it's a unique blood type. Can I, while I'm doing the surgery, or, or even that, can I trick the guy and say, I need some blood for testing, and actually donate it you know, to, for your labs, take blood save in the, the pretense of life, life to save the other guy's life? That's a that's a that's a different question. That's yeah. what Reichman said. It was fine. Yeah, but he, it's not so simple. Below the blood test. So, sounds sounds fine to me. Okay, let's 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 skip the middle paragraph because that's that question. But let's skip to the next two and then we're done. It's also promising yeah. large sums of money to a person in exchange for his organ, even when it's desperately needed to save a dying patient, would certainly be forbidden, since the pauper agrees to donate his organ only for the stipulated sum. So, meaning, questions: Can I promise the guy money? He gives me his organ and then not pay him. Yeah, but can you promise him money and pay him? Are you allowed to buy someone's no, organ that's for that's a whole different... Uh, that's a that's yeah. dog and the bread and the that's woman all being pursued question. thing. If this guy agrees, I see no reason why not, but that will give a class on that. So 
that we'll do next week. Since the Pope agreed to donate only for the stipulated sum. Yeah, but again, for your last dealing. So that's what it is. It's stealing. It's still stealing. Oh, so that's, that's what he says. Simple. Obvious, yeah. This is pshita. That's what he says. He says, taking the wrong without the intention of paying constitutes theft, and stealing a part of a person's body to save a life is not permitted right. because, as we have seen, one bears no obligation to compromise his physical well-being to save a life. Last but not least, if armed traffickers force a physician to remove an organ from a coerced donor, so right, so they kidnap the guy, and then they put a, they, they f- take a physician, a surgeon off the street, put a gun to his head and take out the guy's kidney, and we're going to kill you. Okay, he must surrender his life in order to avoid performing this procedure, as one is not allowed to inflict bodily harm on another person in order to save his life. That's very right. fun. That's Fair very, enough. Uh, very yeah, coerced. Doctors, it's coerced. Doctors. doesn't have to run here, guys. It's voluntary, doctors. Yeah, I know he's a poor guy, but he happens to be a surgeon. Poor, so he comes to London, he's poor, and they entrap him to Thank you, my daughter. Thank you very much, organs. by the way. Of course. Well, I really of course. appreciate all the help of allowing her to volunteer for you to serve you coffee. She makes a wicked coffee, man. So you're allowed to buy organs? You as long as you yes. pay for them. Well, well, I don't want to give away the present. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethic Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.org. Shalom. Thank you.